multitasking. <laughs> so I got to I got to process what the question is, and then what the answer is while doing the task. Yeah, uh, cool. All right. I don't know if it says live on your screen or not, but don't worry about that. It it does. It does. I see it. So it's just recording. We're not actually live. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll record. I'll edit it down. Any any awkward pauses or <laughs> cool. uh, goof ups or anything like that. Or, if, you know, at the end of it, you're like, man, hey, I said that thing about something and I really don't want that to be public. Then uh, I'll edit it out. No problem. No problem. So you put this on YouTube and on podcasts? Yeah. So it goes audio and video. All right. Do you ever put like little, obviously I just started following you, but you ever put up this little quick, you know, 15 second clips and be like, Hey, to see the refs go here or in your story or anything nope. like that. I, I need to, um, I've done a poor job of, uh, everything except memes. So I know yeah. we're, we, we kill, we kill it at the meme game. Yeah. Uh, but like YouTube, we're not utilizing at all. And we should be, uh, we basically just have our family videos up there. Um, and there's reason. I mean, it just it takes a lot of intentional effort, and we have really been enjoying this life we have right now. And so, I haven't been, uh, I guess, forcing myself to work as much as you know on, yeah. on those specific things. But, and Instagram's just it's been an easier uh, vessel to work with. Yeah, yeah, dude. I want to hear your story as much as maybe you want to hear my story. Uh, is that on your YouTube channel? Like how you got to where you're at and why you're doing oh, what yeah. you're doing. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's 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 somewhere. I mean, the the basics of it, uh, are we sold our businesses in 2019. Yeah. Uh, that financially enabled us to retire. And so, you know, we can live off investments for as long as we want. Um, and one of our, um, I guess you, you call it, you know, philanthropic or, or um, you know, a calling or, or what else do you call it? you mission work? I guess is kind of this dad thing, and at some point we'll flip the script and and uh, probably try and turn it to a business because I don't want to feed this thing an insane amount of money forever. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're doing, and so now we get to kind of travel and stay together as a family, and you know push out good dad content, and you know I, I've just felt like it's a needed space. It's something that. There's not a lot of loud voices out there. Most dad content is joke related, uh, and uh, or sports related. And there's just I felt like there needed to be somewhere that good dads could go to. And when content's being pushed out, they could be like, "Yeah, I agree with that." And uh, sure. you know, if they're struggling dads out there, they have somewhere to go where they can you know make some improvements. When I was going through my divorce and separation and all that, I'm a big podcast guy. I love mountain biking, and uh, I started listening to. Divorce podcasts, um, blended family podcasts. Like I, I got a ton of good advice on some of those. Nothing specific for dads like this, and things that I've actually used. I actually have this this great girl I'm talking to right now, and I shared some of that with her the other day because she's got two kids and I've got five, and we're not that serious, but stuff came up, and I was like, hey, I got this piece of advice once. I really like it, and I think it would be beneficial. So, yeah, which I think that's. You know, we, we live in a world of such in, such vast amount of information, uh, and a lot of people get offended by it because you, you know you hear some information. People like me, and I feel like people like you hear that information and sit there and say, "Oh, well, that would work well in my life." Or you might hear someone say, 
that doesn't apply to me or my life. Yeah. And some people get really offended by that. Like you put out information that doesn't apply to me. How dare you? Uh, but I mean, I, I, I think that's what all good, uh, you know, good fathers or good business owners or uh, good humans, I guess, like you filter out information that applies for you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the more you put in there, the, the better perspective you're going to have. Absolutely. absolutely. Give me the rundown. I know you have five daughters. Um, I know you're divorced. Um, yeah. Obviously dating somebody else now, but kind of take me back a little bit. Uh, give me some of the backstory and, and you know, how long you were married and uh, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff and ages of the kids, what you do for work, that kind of stuff. Uh, got married young. Um, 23 years old when I got married, uh, married for 16 years, uh, five kids, all girls. Uh, my oldest will be 19 in a few months. I have a 16 year old, 14 year old, 10 year old, and a five year old. Uh, so they run, they run the gamut. Amazing kids. Um, honestly, the, the marriage, you know, broke down at the end and there were struggles there, but, a lot of it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. So I, I was is, fortunate to be. Go ahead. Is the divorce recent? Uh, finalized slightly less than a year ago. Separated for pretty much two plus years before that, though. Back and forth, off and on. Trying to make it work for a bit early on. I kept trying to make it work for a long time. Uh, she stopped trying way sooner than I did. And I'll be honest, it, it was her... Uh, her doing early on or her, her choice. She wasn't happy. Um, started going to counseling and got separated, you know, very shortly after that back and forth. It was more her back and forth. Um, me trying, me trying, me trying her back and forth, back and forth. And then her basically saying she was done. Okay. So the, the, uh, the little one was probably what, about two years old at that point. Uh, when it all started, the little one would have been two and a half, almost three. Oh, wait. Okay. Hold on. Do I have my numbers right? 16. Yeah, you're right, too. Yep. Right about the time she turned two is when stuff really went south. Yep. Okay. Uh, was any of that um, like postpartum related or anything like that? Great question. No, not at all. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, if we want to get into the marriage breakdown, um, you know, married young. She was younger than I was. Uh my oldest actually is not biologically mine. My oldest is hers uh, that yeah. she that she had at 18 years old. Uh, when we got married, she was 19. I was 23. Her and I kind of grew up together. We grew up in a small town in California. Our families knew each other. Um, when my oldest was one is when her and I kind of got together. Um, I raised her since she was one. We got married right away. And the reason I say that is because we got married young. We had a family before we got married. Uh, had kids again right away, yeah. and we, we didn't build a strong enough foundation. Uh, it's really about the foundation, and that's what ended up, you know, causing it. There's obviously a lot more stuff that can go on in a marriage, childhood upbringing, parents, et cetera, that can kind of, put, you know, make us who we are. But really, ultimately, we got married young. We didn't build a strong enough foundation. My fault as much as anyone's fault. I did not do a good enough job of identifying that, recognizing that. And I mean, when there's that, a kid involved, it's hard to... It's hard to focus on you and me when there's a yeah. third that obviously needs you. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So um, as far as the kid in the postpartum, we believe there was some postpartum after our fourth one. Uh, there's a big age gap between four and five. Um, she thought she was done at four kids. I was fine with that. 
Um, I'm one of six kids, so I love big families. I love kids. I mean, people think I'm crazy when they hear I have five daughters, and I love yeah. it. It's it's the best thing on earth, hands down, the best thing on earth. Uh, also, the toughest thing on earth, especially now being a single dad, is really, really difficult just from the standpoint of time and not being there and being involved as much as I would love. I, I tried my hardest to do that, but um, yeah, it's a big age gap between four and five. Um, and yeah, the fifth one was a major, major blessing. Some difficulties with that one with the childbirth. Uh, she was born six weeks premature. Uh, spent a week okay. in the NICU. Spent a week in the NICU. Five months later, was back in the hospital with some sicknesses and some respiratory issues. Um, I think that really took a toll on my on my ex-wife. Um, yeah. She even said sick she kids. even sick kids will do that exactly. And you know, we we had been very blessed at the first four pregnancies, child deliveries young baby, all that stuff for the most part were, were pretty smoothish, you know, never easy by any means, but no big issues. Whereas that one was, um, so a little bit more of the story is I had a stroke, uh, summer of 2017. Yeah. So 37 uh, years old. Yeah. Yep. 37 years old, found out I had high blood pressure about eight, nine months before that and was stupid, didn't take care of it. And, uh, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I had a, had a stroke. I'm good now, but, uh, that's, that was really the tipping point you could say, and things breaking down from our marriage. Uh, she actually did a phenomenal job. Uh, she took care of me. I had to walk with a walker. I had to learn how to swallow again. Um, Oh, this is a serious stroke. Yeah. I was, I was in the ICU for a week after the stroke and, uh, I was in the hospital for a week and a half and lost, you know, 30 plus pounds and, um, yeah, it was not it was a recommended super, diet though. Not a recommended diet, not a recommended yeah. diet. So, so that was super stressful and maybe the marriage wasn't super solid at the time anyways. Um, didn't have the foundation like we talked about. And a few months later was when things really started to, to go down though. So. Yeah. And that was after, um, the daughter was, you know, sick. Yeah. Right? So the, Time so a year before that, the daughter had been in the hospital again after five months old. So that's a lot of stress. I mean, a pregnancy, yep. sick child, sick husband. That is a lot of stress back to back to back. 100%. So, 100%. And I'm assuming it was an unexpected child? Uh, Expected-ish. Not an accident. Not an accident, no. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we, we knew what we were doing. Now we weren't, you know. Okay. Well, you said like getting you pregnant. To, you said. You said you wanted to stop at four and you're okay with it. So I assume that meant that, whoops. Uh, oh, no. So I didn't elaborate on that. So, yeah, um, thought we were done at four. I came from six. I would have liked more. She came from four. So she thought four was good. Everything was yeah. fine. And maybe in the back of her mind, maybe she wasn't super happy in the marriage or something. I don't know. Uh, my mom died a few years later. And uh, my mom and my wife, my wife were actually really close. And my mom, you know, we'd give my mom the most grandkids. We'd given her four grandkids and she loved that. And like we were talking about pregnancies and deliveries earlier, my ex's pregnancies and deliveries weren't the most difficult. And so my mom was always like, have more kids, have more kids. So my mom passed away. Uh, shortly after that, my ex got her heartstrings tugged out a little bit. I said, all right, maybe we're not done. So uh, had, a, had a miscarriage uh, before we had our fifth. So yeah, we, we were kind of trying. Okay. Uh, the oldest, did you adopt her? Uh, one of the biggest regrets of my life, I never fully went through the adoption. I did not. Okay. We got Was to a point other? Uh, We got to a point where we had attorneys 
and have everything drafted up and we're going through that, hit a couple bumps in the road and I uh, just didn't follow through as much as I should have and never fully did it. So, Was, was he the uh, birth father involved? No, uh, the first year of her life, he was kind of sort of involved, but was not involved and was not treating my ex-wife very well. And so when okay. we got together, um, he just pretty much disappeared. I think once or twice he maybe kind of showed up, um, pretty much disappeared. My oldest knew the situation, knew all that. She was, she was totally aware of it. Um, and yeah, he's, he's never, never been around. Okay. So you, so she was raised, um, as you are, like she knew uh, yep. you weren't her birth dad, but you were her father and, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's 19 now, right? She will be 19 in March. She graduated high school last year. Okay. Yep. She's awesome. She is, uh, we have a very unique bond as you can imagine. She is a special, special girl to brag about her a little bit. Uh, I tell my girls every year for Christmas, write me a letter, tell me what you liked about life, what you liked about things we've done, whatever it is, what's on your, on your mind. Two years ago, she actually did that. And uh, she wrote me the most beautiful letter, you know, I've ever seen in my life about our relationship and how grateful she is that's and where nice. she came from. And uh, yeah, she's, she's absolutely awesome. That's cool. Um, going off to college. Um, unique story there. So going through our divorce and, you know, divorce finalized a bit before she graduated, she got accepted to a few colleges. Um, I was always talking to her about it. Like, here, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Um, and she wanted to go to UC Colorado Springs, uh, out of state tuition was really expensive and didn't get, uh, any scholarships, no financial stuff there. Um, I couldn't do much financially for her uh, at the time. So we talked about her going there to go to community college to establish residency, uh, get a job, et cetera. Uh, she was looking to do that, but I think it just kind of caught up to her a little bit about the costs and just a lot going on in life. So she talked about staying home and just going to community college for a year and getting some of her credits done. At the very last minute, a really, really good family friend of ours, actually my old babysitter, uh, lived in Utah. Um, so my oldest loves the outdoors. She loves the mountains. That's why she wanted to go to UC Colorado Springs uh, in California. We're from California originally, now live in Texas. Um, we used to go to the mountains all the time. She loved that. So anyways... So a really good family friend of ours is in St. George, Utah, and she offered for my oldest to come live with her for free and establish residency there and maybe go to Dixie State. So my oldest was like, sure, that sounds like a great idea. So she did it, <laughs> lasted two weeks, and uh, welcome to divorce parent life. Her mom said, sure, come home. Okay. I, I said, no, stay. You know, you've yeah. been there two weeks. Work it out. You have, you know, an amazing opportunity, a free place to live with really special people. Uh, they actually had two kids that were similar to my oldest age that were still around town that introduced her to a lot of people, but she got homesick and, and mom said, come home. So, yeah. Um, so she uh, is planning on doing community college here? Or she I is. guess where yep. you're, you're in Texas, right? Yeah, I'm north of Dallas. Okay. I was just up there a few weeks ago. Oh, where, where are we at? Uh, so we were camping south of Dallas in uh, between Dallas and Waco. Give me a second. There's some lake over there. I just can't think of the name right now. Lake, lake Whitney? 
Lake Whitney. Yep. Yeah. 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 The only reason yeah, I know that lake is because they used to have a big motocross race there. I've ridden motorcycles my entire life. They used to have a big motorcycle race over here. It's the only reason I know that place. Yeah. So uh, we were we were camping in Lake Whitney. Um, so we did Waco and Fort Worth and Dallas, and we went up to North Dallas and uh, saw the uh, YouTube guys. My kids love. Oh, the uh, basketball Dude, guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they live right by my old house where my kids still live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's up in uh, Frisco, I think. That's the town I live. I live in Frisco. Oh, yep. yeah. So we were up there. Yeah, so they cool. they have some they have some they have some cool headquarters up there, I guess. Yeah, Frisco um, Frisco is really cool. It's booming. I mean, Cowboy just moved their headquarters here a few years ago. Uh, tons of businesses okay. are moving here. Like Frisco's just exploding. So she's gonna do community college there, and I community guess it's instant, yeah. so it's cheap. Yeah. I I say that to a lot. Of, I'm I'm not thrilled on the idea of college anymore. Uh, I just don't think it's all that important if you have yeah. a career track. Now, if you're just gonna go do nothing, then yeah, go to college. You can at least you know be exposed to some different options. But um, it's so much cheaper. It is stupid cheap to go to yeah. community college, yeah. and it's it, all the exact same things the big school teach. <laughs> absolutely, I mean, yeah. That's what. I had told her from day one, like, I don't want her going into massive debt. I don't want her coming out of school with big student loans. Um, and also, if you don't know exactly what you're going to do, I know you said go and get exposed, but I don't want you to go to school and spend a bunch of money when you don't know exactly what you're going to do. Like you said, get it done at community college. Get those yeah. credits done at community college. Give yourself a year or two and then go to a four-year if you even need to do that. Uh, but hey, if you want to be you want to be a chef, go to culinary school. You want to be a hairdresser, go to cosmetology school. You want to be a mechanic, go to a trade school. You know, like don't just go and rack up debt just to go to school. And those blue collar careers, I mean, the earnings on those are going up and up. And it's always going to be like this seesaw effect because, you know, we just had generations of, of parents saying, don't work for a living. You know, find some, you'll get your degree, find some air conditioned spa space for some big company and, and do that. And uh, it's it's flawed. And now those positions are severely underplayed and, you know, yeah. they're coming out of school with tons of debt. And, yeah. uh, you know, everyone looks down on the guy mowing lawns or cutting hair or, you know, whatever it is. And those guys are making bank. Yeah. yeah. What because best... nobody wants to do what they're doing. Exactly. One of, a great story like that. Is, I have a good friend of mine. His sister's a twin. They're from Long Island, New York. And her husband grew up in the same town around the Hamptons, but they were like the blue collar people around the Hamptons. He started mowing lawns during the summer in the Hamptons and everyone loved it. I mean, you know, he was, he was a white kid and spoke perfect English. And so he got this, you know, these jobs of mowing lawns. He turned that into a full lawn care business. He only works like six months out of the year because it's too cold in the winter. No one needs their lawn taken care of. He hires a bunch of local kids every summer to go out and do lawns. Guy makes you know multiple six figures every year and works six months out of the year. And he found yeah. an area that other people, and I'll say it, other white people would want to do the job. It's true. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, working for a living pays off real well, especially exactly. when you own the business, so you can control it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, so you got uh, let's see, 16, 16, 12, 10, and five, right? 16, 14, 10, and 5. Yeah, so my, six, my 16 year old is a junior in high school. Uh, she's got a job. She works at Whataburger. Really good girl. Totally different than her older sister, uh, but she's, she's, she's a good kid. 
I've got to ask. Everyone in Texas swears by Whataburger, and so I went to one. I'm like, I don't. It's Five Guys is amazing. That that's like the standard to me. It's like what an eight nine dollar burger, yeah. and it's really good. And not, like the Whataburgers, the Jack in the Box, the all these places people swear by. I, I I'm not impressed, but Whataburger has a cult following, at least here in Texas. Well, I was hoping a, you could explain it to me. I'm a California guy, so In and Out has a cult following in California. Yeah, so, and I went to In and Out, and I don't think that's all that great either. <laughs> so I grew up on In and Out, and the thing is, it's what you grow up on, right? So when you grow up on something, you think it's all that great. The argument that I get in with people here that none of them can say anything about is like, "Tell me what is unique about a Whataburger? Oh, what they put mustard on it? Like, okay, at least at In and Out, the bun is toasted." The bun is buttered. The bun's a little bit unique. And then they have that spread that they put on. At least it's unique. Whether you like it or not, at least it's unique. Whereas with Whataburger, it could be Burger King. It could be Jack in the Box. It could be Hardee's. It could be Carl's Jr. The, the Whataburger burger is just a burger. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So, I felt that way about it and out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I it's wouldn't funny. say no to it. Like, if somebody wants to go there, I'll eat there. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, I, there's no way I'm craving. And if I want a really good burger, if there's a Five Guys nearby, that's where I'm going. And I didn't grow up on Five Guys because they didn't exist back then. I just, yeah. I think it's just a, you know, it's something close to what I would make at home. It's a good bag on burger. Yeah, it, it is. I will tell you and agree with you that it is a better overall burger for the sake of being a burger. I just think In and Out is unique in a standpoint. Not that the burger is more flavorful or that the way they prepare it, the things they put on it has a uniqueness to it okay <laughs> but whataburger well, like we're on agreement like whataburger i don't i don't understand what the fuss is about yeah you know hopefully they don't watch us and shoot me down but honestly the staff well, is, i the hope staff. they do because i want to know like i want to know what's so good about. Like, maybe i missed something their, their staff isn't that great either like my daughter works there and she's like i work with some idiots like when you go to in and out it's it's Kind of like Chick Fil A, like the people there, like really take care of you. That's important to me. You're gonna okay. get my money. You're gonna get my money. Give me some good service. Yeah, I've always, I've been always impressed by Chick Fil A. I've been to one bad one. Um, really? But yeah, how they can get teenagers uh, to be so good at what they do, it's impressive. Yeah. Did you see all those jokes with the whole freaking coronavirus thing or whatever, or the stimulus checks or whatever? They're like. Just give it to the Chick Fil A people. They, they'll execute it. They'll get it handled. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. So there's there's real truth to that. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, they have. I mean, Chick Fil A's got a cult following too. And there's been a few people that have said the same thing that I'm saying about Whataburger. About like it's just a chicken sandwich. It's not. I think it's more than that. I think it really. I think they put cocaine or something in there. <laughs> we're all just like addicted to yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. So he's 16 year old. Uh, do you buy the cars or do they buy their own cars? Uh, good question. So as a parent, we want to talk parenting styles. I'm not a buy car kind of guy. Um, I grew up driving a 1983 Dodge van with 200,000 miles on it. When I wanted my first car after I graduated high school, I went and financed a $7,000 Ford Ranger truck myself and took on a $200 car payment. So my oldest wanted a car. Uh, her mom went and financed it for her, and my oldest has made the payment on her car since she was 17 years old. So okay. um, you could drive a family car. 
maybe we could talk about something else. But if you want your own car, you're going to have to pay for it. Got it. How are you guys uh, handling custody? Great question. Um, so I do the first, third, and fifth weekend is what I did because that was kind of very standard in the divorce decree. So okay. not at, and as you're thinking in your head, not every month has a fifth weekend. So those months that have a fifth weekend, I kind of get an extra weekend. Um, I should have done one week on, one week off is what I should have done. I didn't uh, think about it enough. And we handled our divorce ourselves. We actually, we got along pretty well. So we handled it ourselves, no attorneys. And that was kind of the standard custody arrangement, at least here in Texas. It's first, third, and fifth. And then I get every Thursday night. So I can get them on Thursday night. Um, and then the weekends I have them, I can have them Thursday through the weekend. Okay. And you guys both still live near each other? We do. Right when we got divorced, we didn't. Uh, I lived a little bit further away, just it kind of kind of worked out uh, where I was living for just a short period of time. So, but now I live about 15 minutes from them, so close enough. But it's not easy, you know, being a single dad. Uh, you know, when I have them, if I have them all, I need to take them all to school. You know, I have one in preschool, one in elementary school, one in middle school, one in high school, all different drop-off times, 15 minutes away. Uh, I live in a two-bedroom apartment right now. And it's not the easiest thing, getting ready in the morning, getting going. So um, I am close enough to their schools, close enough to their mom to where that does help a little bit. But it's a lot of work, man. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, so you said Thursday through Sunday? Yep. Okay. Um, do you, like, I guess I don't know how the relationship is now. Do you guys get to, um, like, can you stop by or say, hey, I want to take the kids out for dinner on a Tuesday or um like all go to the birthday parties and stuff together or like how you know how christmas go this year and new years and um... yeah yeah great great question i'll be transparent with you uh when we got divorced right when we got divorced there was more of that it's gotten worse um i'm totally okay with that i think that's how it should be for the sake of the kids it has nothing to do with me nothing to do with my feelings whatever but um we're kind of okay from the standpoint of I can go pick them up from time to time, um, take them out to get ice cream. I try to do uh, father-daughter dates one-on-one -on -one all the time. I try to do those as much as possible. Um, There's been no take... like contention about that? Like, hey, you only have weekends. Stay away. Uh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse, unfortunately. Okay. It's getting worse, unfortunately. Okay. So, uh, so you've been able to, but it's, it's slowly getting some negative responses. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, communication is, is important. Uh, schedules are important, but for the sake of the kids and flexibility and and them knowing that, hey, this is going on, that's going on, I try to be incredibly flexible. You know, there would be times where she'd be like, hey, I work from home. Uh, I'm self-employed. Um, I've got a really good job and uh, I do all right for myself. I'm doing better for myself. And um, she'd be like, hey, could you go pick up the baby from preschool because I'm out and about? No problem. Yeah. I will... I will do anything at the drop of a hat for my kids. I would think, I would think hopefully, you know, I, we never get in that situation. That's the goal. Uh, but I would think, yeah, I'd be in that same boat of, I'd almost want to become my ex-wife's babysitter, like go to like, you know, any, any time you need to do an errand or something that involves me with yeah. my kids, like, yeah. heck yeah, I'll take that. I don't care if I have to watch the kids while you're on a date. <laughs> like, yeah. I would, I wouldn't want to, you know, there's already so much time being missed just because, you know, that Monday through Thursday is, 
Um, well, the, the, the biggest thing and any piece of advice I could give is just put the kids first. But man, it's tough. It's really tough. It's not tough for me, but I have a friend who's actually a divorce lawyer. Uh, she's a girl and she's a pretty successful divorce lawyer. And dude, the stuff she tells me, what people do, what adults do is mind blowing. How selfish they are, how irresponsible they are. Put the kids first. From the, well, when, no, you're, lot, when you're divorced, put the kids first. Yeah, and a lot of people use the kids as pawns. Oh, it's disgusting. They, it's disgusting. And they feed they feed bad information to the kids to try and turn them against the other parent, or you know, there's usually um, and and this happens even in good scenarios. There's kind of this um, uh, competition on who can provide better for the kid, who can buy the cooler gift, who can you know say yes more often to the concerts. Uh, you know, and, and the parents, oh. the parents think I've seen that too. And the parents think that okay, this is great for the kid. But let's be honest, the parents are doing that selfishly. And then what ends up happening? They're ruining their child. They're spoiling. Oh, yeah. They're spoiling them. They're creating a competition between mom and dad, which the kid either consciously or subconsciously gets put in between, which is so unfair to the child. So mm -hmm. those things, Jace, they make me sick. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, I wanted the marriage to work. I absolutely did. But it just sickens me for the kids. Like, it's just, it's so wrong. Yeah. And, and if you want to talk about what's wrong with this world, it's just bad parenting. You know, like, people want to blame iPhones. People want to blame video games. They want to blame bad schools. They want to blame politics. It all starts at home. It all starts at home. Bad parenting is exactly what's wrong with this world. And if you want to go a little bit further and deeper than that, if you want to go a little bit religious, you know, I think the devil's number one goal is to break down the family. The second he breaks down the family, things become much more difficult to raise good kids. What happens when kids go bad? They turn into bad adults. They do bad things. And it starts a very, very vicious cycle. So I, you know, I work day in and day out to do the best job I can with my kids. Um, I want to have a great relationship with my ex-wife. I hope that it does turn around and get better. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I want to get remarried again someday. Um, I'm not afraid of that by any means whatsoever. And, you know, of course, I want to find someone I love that I'm connected with, and that's what I want. And sure. the silver lining on that is to have someone that I can show my daughters a loving marriage and have another, you know, great parent example for them to have. Yeah. Yeah. Are you afraid to be a dad that says no? No, not at all. And did that... Um... Did it change at all once now that you guys are living in separate households? Have slightly, you, does slightly. It make, does it slightly. make you a little bit more nervous to say no? Slightly. Um, my girls know, but their mom's good. Their mom's a really good mom. She, she is a good mom. Uh, but my girls know that dad is not a pushover. Dad loves them to death. They know that. Um, they know that I got a set of boundaries. I got a, a set of values. I got a belief. I have a strong, strong belief in a lot of things. Um, I hope that they respect that. I hope that they understand that. They may not fully now until they're older, as we all know, right? Um, but yeah, yeah my, my worst thing that I do when they come and stay at my house is diet. Like I have good fun food for them here and too much ice cream and we go out to eat too Sugar much. And yeah, you know, like I just, I want to have just little things for them here that just, you know, they can enjoy. Um, but no, I'm, Saying no and stuff like that is uh, is not a problem at all. But it's all with love. It's all with caring. It's all with what's best for them. It's not. It's not. Yeah, to be and you sound like 
you sound like someone who's pretty communicative and can say there's a, this is why I'm saying no. Awesome. This is why I think this is the best decision versus, you know, the sitcom dads that just say no and walk away and there's no explanation and the kid takes it the wrong way. I probably used to be worse at that, honestly. I'll be honest with you. You know, I probably used to be like, do it because I said so, you know. Um, what did I ask you when you had a first fancy being like, why do you do this? I want to know that. I also want my girls to know why. I got some really, I think I was listening to a podcast recently and it was a motorcycle podcast with this guy who was a trainer. He trained some really good uh, motocross racers. And he said it perfectly. He doesn't tell his athletes what to do. He explains the benefits of doing something and why they should do it and then lets them make the decision. Yeah. So I like that. So um, with the custody, are you going to try and offer to take a lot of the kids more often once that new baby is close to being born and being born. Cause I mean, from a complete family, you know, I enjoy that. Like when grandparents come in town and like, because those first few weeks are just tough uh, mm-hmm. with a newborn. So is that something you're going to try and I guess work out where maybe you can have the kids for a long time while they adjust to life with a new baby? Yeah, I'd be open to that. Yeah, I, I totally would. I mean, I'll, I'll take my kids as much as I can have them. So yeah. That's not a problem at all. The hard thing is I'm in a two-bedroom apartment right now. Uh, so one of the bedrooms is basically like a camp room. I got two sets of bunk beds in there. Uh, but okay. uh, my, my lease is up here, and I'm looking at a new place to actually move even a little bit closer to them and get into a bigger space. So, Okay. I mean, they're all girls. They'll be fine bunking together. Yeah, they are fine. But the, the hardest thing that I struggle with, like, my girls are active, especially my younger ones. They're on bikes. They're outside playing. They love having friends and, you know, I'm in an apartment complex. It's a decent enough place, but um, I want them to be able to be outside and do things. I have some really cool, like kind of like forest and creek areas out off the back, which is cool, but um, it's just not a neighborhood, you know, it's not sidewalks and driveways and kids house after house after house. The neighborhood there is phenomenal. It's a, a newer neighborhood and I bought that house four and a half years ago. And it was a brand new build and all the houses around it were built at the same time. So all these families were moving in at the same time and we all just got to know each other right away. We had, you know, neighborhood block parties and Christmas parties and tons of kids. So everywhere. They're, still li- they're still living in the house that you guys grew up in as a family, essentially. Yeah, we were there and for about four, four, four and a half years. So uh, they've been there. They've been there about four and a half years. Not not super long. We're from California. We moved to Texas from California five and a half years ago. Okay. I think everybody is. <laughs> Don't California my Texas is a very popular yeah. bumper sticker. We were just in Austin uh, about a week now. I guess it was a few weeks ago. It was after we were in your neck of the woods. Uh, and that, first of all, Austin's a really cool town. It's really, sure. I guess, what, hipster and trendy. Um, sure, yeah. But I like really good food. And in hipster and trendy towns, it yeah. is yeah. awesome to eat. Yeah. Uh, so like every restaurant we walked into was fantastic, but uh, like everyone is moving to Austin from California. Like Tesla's building a huge factory. I think Intel's moving out there. Google's got a big presence there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was very interesting because it doesn't feel like Texas when you're in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a capital city. You know, capital cities are cooler, funkier. Whether it's Madison, Wisconsin, or um, you know, they're not typically the biggest city in that state, but they're kind of the cooler frontier. And it's a college town too. So when you get the capital, you get the college, it's got a lot of that going yeah. on. 
and it, it's more of a you know a liberal city too so you get some of that kind of culture okay. i guess you you could say you know so it's got a little bit more of that funky vibe to it but it, it's cool austin's I, austin's beautiful like the big river I, running I, I, down I, the middle of it yep that river walk was pretty cool we were we we're camping right off of it um uh, uh, yeah, but yeah we i was driving that big old truck i have through that town and it's all you know it's all little Teslas and Jaguars and little BMWs everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the lanes, my dually is like driving on the paint lanes on both sides. Just, <laughs> and traffic, traffic is bad there too. I tried to stay away from it, but yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, yeah, yeah. And then there's a barbecue place down there called Franklin's. And Franklin's was world-class. I mean, like yeah. the best brisket. And I've had brisket all over the country now. Yeah. You know, I've done Kansas City. I've done Mississippi and Georgia and Florida. Uh, world class barbecue at Franklin's. Yeah. So if you ever down there, uh, see, I haven't been. I haven't been to Franklin's, but my previous job, I traveled all over the Midwest. So St. Louis, Kansas City, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I think Texas barbecue overall is the best barbecue in my opinion. Yeah, we we just had some today that Guy Fiari visited on his diners, drives ins, and yeah, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and so their barbecue is solid. It was nowhere near as good as Franklin's, uh, but their sides were fantastic. So we're like, nice. Franklin's sides suck, but their meat was <laughs> amazing. Nice, nice, nice. And like, you know, Kansas City had really good meat. It's just, I don't know, there's something about Franklin dough. It's just oh, perfect. Cool. I'll check it yeah, out. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Cool. Um, I got distracted there. <laughs> Start talking about food? Just, Right, I always get distracted with food stuff. What were we talking about before that? Uh, Austin cities. I should have ate before this. You moved from California to Texas. You were telling me. Oh, we're okay, talking so about the house I lived in and my girls staying there. Yeah, so they stayed in the house. Uh, we should have sold the house. Um, I was about to say because I want to know how you guys are doing this financially. Uh, because usually, yeah, usually everyone's downsizing and everyone's like broke because you just split everything in half and now have to do twice as much. Um, but yeah, I guess if she's staying in the house, that's that's a good thing. I, I genuinely think that's a good thing. But for the kids, hundred percent for the kids. That's why I did it. A little uh, bit of stability in that situation. It was absolutely, and I would love for them to stay in the house, but um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. You know, we have a, a agree, agreement in place. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was tough. It was a lot of back and forth. Um, sell it. I, I kind of left it up to her. Um, and okay. because, you know, my kids. But the house stuff, is in both of your names. Uh, the loan's in my name. <laughs> so that's a uh, fun point of. Uh, but the title's in both of your names. Yeah, the deed. The deed, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm not saying a lot on it. Uh, financially it's tough. I'm living in a two bedroom apartment. So, um, they're in a, you know, five bedroom, four bath house, which you need for five kids. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, but it looks like the house is going to be sold in the the pretty near future. So, um, I think a couple things, you know, it's been over a year. Uh, she's engaged to someone already and it's, I think it's, I think she realizes it's just time. Our kids are doing well though. You know, I, I think that's something that we can talk about is the kids, um, you know, her, her and I didn't fight a lot. Uh, definitely never in front of the kids, 
we had our moments of heated conversations, you could say, and I'm sure they heard them from time to time, but really tried hard not to fight in front of the kids. We were separated for the while. I stayed in the house most of the time. I just stayed in the guest bedroom. Um, so during your separation? I, during a separation, yep. yep. So uh, okay. we were definitely separated from a marriage standpoint and those types of okay. things. But um, she never worked. So she was a stay-at-home mom. As, well, she worked. I mean, ra- raising five kids is more than a full-time job. So right. I, I fully supported her in that, absolutely 100%. Um, so I stayed in the house, excuse me. Um, and then as the divorce was coming, trying to figure that out with what to do the house, but with the kids, you know, it was kind of a slow process and her and I were pretty darn civil through most of it. So it wasn't just one day, like cut and dry, bam, see you later, uh, sell the house, moving contention. I think it wasn't like that. Um, so I think that's pretty good for the kids. So I think the kids are pretty stable. Again, I hate it for the kids. I don't ever want to say they'll be okay. Kids are resilient. I hate those lines. Kids don't deserve this. Kids did not choose this situation. They should never have to go through this. But with that said, I think for the most part, it is pretty as good as it can be for the most part and pretty healthy. So back to the house situation, I think it's been pretty stable, pretty good. Divorce has been a year. Separation was a bit before that. Uh, the The kids will be fine. I think their mom is going to stay in the same area, um, w- w- which I hope so, because they got some good roots there. Uh, so is is mom working then? Mm-hmm. Okay, so dad's supporting, I guess. She's engaged. She, she she's engaged. Okay, so he's he's pitching in. He moved in. Okay. okay. So you guys just have like a, an agreement, I guess, of like you pay the mortgage or this is the alimony, this is child support. The child support pays the mortgage. Okay. So. Got it, got it. What do you do for uh, work? You said you work for yourself. I do. So I'm an independent contractor doing national sales. Uh, actually, this is my employer right here, filter by. So we are a... Uh, American-made air filter for HVAC systems, uh, Talladega, Alabama, family-owned, third-generation ran. Um, and what does every uh, business, school, hospital need with everything going on right now? Clean air. So Under filters. Business is through the roof. Through <laughs> the roof. So it's always a good thing. Exactly. I'm actually new to the company. Uh, my brother had been with them for a little bit before that. He knows the owner of the company, uh, the third-generation guy that's been running it now. Um, it, it's, it's really cool. So, uh, I do B2B sales. So any wholesale business basically is what I do, which is a new division for our company. Um, uh, so I sell to a lot of school districts, um, some, some bigger school districts around the company, around the country. Sorry. They got a lot of schools, a lot of buildings, a lot of classrooms, which equals a lot of filters. So, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Before cool. that, I, I had worked in the motorcycle business for pretty much all of my adult life. Uh, super fortunate to work in the motorcycle business. I love motorcycles, but uh, it was just time to, to make a change. For a dealer or manufacturer? Um, so I've worked for almost all of them as far as different levels of the industry. Never worked for an actual motorcycle manufacturer. Um, so I got my start working for an aftermarket parts and accessory company. So we manufactured a lot of our own performance products for motorcycles. We were also a distributor. So we sold to the dealer network. Uh, we made stuff for Harley Davidson, for Hondas, Yamahas, Kawasaki, Suzuki's. That's where I got my start. 
Uh, I moved from there to a suspension modification company. So motocross suspension, dirt bike suspension. So you want to go, you know, fast on a motocross track or out through the, the woods doing an enduro ride out through the trees or whatever. We would customize your suspension for you so it worked better. I moved from there and worked for a, uh, a gr small group of companies that manufactured apparel and helmets. Also did some parts for motorcycles. I was a director of sales and marketing there. Uh, and then uh, left that for a little bit. I went to uh, online retail. So I was a director of marketing for two large online retailers. Uh, one focused on the Harley Davidson American V twin side. The other one focused on the Japanese sport bike, dirt bike side. Just go online. You want to buy a helmet, you want to buy a tire, you want to buy a jacket, riding gear, whatever it is. We did that. So we had two large ones. That's actually how I ended up in Texas. They relocated both of those two retailers here to Texas. That's how I ended up here in Texas. Uh, I left there a little bit after that. Then I actually worked for motorcycle lawyers, believe it or not. So heaven forbid someone gets in an accident on a motorcycle, which happens a bit too much. A car hits you. And but I'm from Florida. Yeah, yeah. We, we see that every day. Oh, everywhere. Does. everywhere. It's horrible. It's, it's dangerous. I'm mainly an off-road motorcycle guy. I like to go ride in the desert, go ride a motocross track, or go ride up in the mountains where there's not a bunch of 5,000-pound cars and cement roads that will kill me. But unfortunately, guys get motorcycle crashes, and more often than not, it's not their fault. It's the car doesn't see them and hits them. But the insurance companies try to jerk them around. So we were motorcycle accident injury lawyers. Uh, yeah. You get in, get in an accident, you call us, and we make sure the other person's insurance company pays you what they should. So. Man, I feel like that's rare because usually, you know, motorcycle accident, usually not walking away from that. I mean, there's yeah, there's it, the, 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 the death rate's not as bad as you think, but it, it's bad. It's dangerous. It's horrible. You're 100% right. It's horrible. It's, it's yeah. tough. But yeah. So we have Bike Week and Oktoberfest every year because I'm on the East Coast. So we're from St. Augustine, which is just above Daytona. Yeah. Um, so Daytona, uh, Bike Week, and Oktoberfest. And, I mean, every year there's multiple deaths there. I mean, just. I saw one. You know. I, I went to Bike Week every year from 01 to 06. And then went a couple other times after that. I saw a guy's head splattered, <laughs> splattered on the pavement on uh, with the international speedway that goes right Daytona. Uh, yeah, I used to work security down there in those years when they I was do. in high school. Yeah, yeah a couple times. Yeah, it's a good time though. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what I've also noticed is Florida, uh, Florida. It seems to be other drivers. A lot of old people in Florida where they pull out in front of you. Because I used to ride down there, too, 100%. and I got tired of people pulling out in front of me. Um, and then do you know what they all say? They all say, I didn't see him coming. He must have been speeding. Yeah. So then they try to uh, pin it on the rider. I know. I, I just saw an advertisement. It was uh, they've they figured out, I guess, how to do the train horns on motorcycles. Wow. And, man, wow. If, I, if I still had a bike, I'd buy Because I remember I would honk that, you know, beep, that little crappy horn. Because you'd be right next to somebody, you know, not even in their blind spot, and they'd change lanes into you. It was All the time. most frustrating thing. Uh, yeah, time. constantly pulling in front of us. Um, in California, the one time I've been out there, the motorcycles, I, I'd put the blame on them. I mean, the, the amount of motorcycles I saw, they just, like, go wherever they want, weaving in and out in between lanes. and Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that one's probably the motorcyclist's fault. <laughs> they just... They do whatever they want without regard for the rules. There are some idiots out there. There are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have that in Florida too, but yeah. Um, yeah if, if we're calling generic differences, um, <laughs> let's see. Five dollars. Uh, so, how have you handled 
dating with daughters? Good question. Like, is there Good a, question. Yeah, is there a yeah. talk you have? Do you take them out on their first date? Uh, you know, I guess how much conversation is, you know, boys are disgusting, oily, stupid little turds. Um, don't so how do, I, how, how do I talk to my girls about dating? <laughs> yeah. And how do you approach it? I mean, cause you've already have some that have gone through, you know, those, those teenage later teenage yeah. years and obviously yeah. gone into college and you have some that still have to come into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my big thing always had been when you're a teenager, you know, don't start dating too early. You're young, enjoy life. Uh, have lots of boys that are truly your friends. Um, spend time in groups of people. Uh, get to know people. Get to know what you like. That's really what it's all about. Um, even as a teenager, like, okay, if you want to go on a date, go on a go on a couple's date or go on a group date. Um, go do fun stuff like that. Really get to know each other. Um, you know, I really try to just I try to just teach them values. You know, back to the thing of explaining here here's some good points and hope that they figure it out themselves, you know, um, I'll, you know, I'll go all the way into the deepest stuff of teenage pregnancy, you know, like if, if things get too far, you get too serious in a relationship, here's what can happen. So, um, I really just try to give them examples, talk to them about that. Uh, but you know, I, I got girls and, uh, but they have good heads on their shoulders. They both, I mean, my older two are the ones that have, have dated and, Multiple times they've broke it off with boys who've gotten too serious or too clingy or too weird and stuff like that. So, you know, I feel that they, they do have pretty good heads on their shoulders. Um, you know, back to the, the single dad divorce life, it's harder now because their mom and I have slightly different views on certain things and we're not in the same household. And so there is some of that, but I just try to talk to them. The biggest thing is just talking to them, communicating about them. Never, I never, ever want them to feel like they can't talk to me about anything. So I'll ask yeah. them about stuff. How's it going with this? What's going on with that? What are you guys doing? What are you doing? Um, meet their meet their boyfriends. Um, you know, I try to be nice enough where they're somewhat comfortable with me, but I am a big believer that the boys, especially as teenage boys, should never feel that I'm their friend or that I trust them. Um, yeah. Not that I'm gonna, not that I'm like the country song where we sit there clean my gun when they come sure. in, but um, I, you know, definitely try to create some boundaries. Um, I just. You know, overall, I just try to talk to my kids and talk about values, talk about what's important, uh, things to look for, get to know them. I mean, I have I have big real talks with my girls. Um, it's just the why. You know, we were talking about that earlier. The why is so important. Absolutely. You know, these are our values. This is yeah. this is why we don't want the they don't they don't align with our values and our integrity. And you know, your kids are who they're going to be by a pretty young age. Uh, I will never forget when my oldest was turning nine or 10, I was sitting there on the couch actually with my ex-wife and we were reading something that said either she was nine, or she was turning 10 or she was turning nine. And it basically said something that like nine years old is the last year of true childhood innocence and the true like age where a parent can have like deep, deep rooted value effect, right? Now, it doesn't mean you stop parenting. It doesn't mean you stop having conversations. It doesn't mean you just throw your hands up. But that, that is like the age where we kind of are who we are. Like our DNA, you know, big life experiences, of course, can alter stuff and change stuff. But I just, not that I talk about dating from a young age, but I just really try to instill those strong values 
respect yourself, respect your body. You know, I'm a pretty religious guy. Have have belief in those things. Understand what you're here for. Understand why we're doing what we're doing. And you know, if you have those conversations and you can help them with that from a young age, it makes those conversations about dating when they are, you know, a teenager, um, make a lot more sense to them than just out of nowhere. Why is dad telling me that? Sure. Yeah, the, like some sort of foundation has been established from a young age. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about the whole nine years, nine year old thing though. I'd have to be convinced of that. That's that's still young. I kind of get the innocence because that's the, you're starting to get into conversations that involve you know hormones and, and puberty and you know the leave behind some of the magical world of your younger years. Um, well, here's an example for you. So I have a ten year old. This year at Christmas, first year, did not want any toys. So the innocence thing, you're kind of right. Like it really, yeah. and every kid's different. I'm not a, I'm not a sure. blanket, you know, label kind of guy by any means. But you know, as far as like who people are, like I can identify it, and I have with my kids, like who they are and how they're going to be. Of course, there's variations. Of course, things are going to change. But you know, my 14 year old, <laughs> the way she is. I saw that at three, four, five years old. <laughs> like, I could identify yeah. that. My, I mean, that's their personality. Which also goes to how they handle things when they get in situations as they get older. Yeah. So I mean, I, you can have some easier flustered or think things through more exactly. about exactly. the approach. Yeah, I get that. Take take input more, less. Handle boys this way, that way. Handle school this way, that way, et cetera. Yeah, et cetera. So, you know, back to the dating thing. Um, you know, I, I'm happy that my girls are dating. Um, I would wish that, especially, you know, my 16-year-old, my that she wouldn't get as serious with boys as she does. She's gotten more serious with boys than her older sister did. Um, okay. And again, you know, raised in the same house, hopefully same conversations. Just different people, right? You know, they're, they're different people and just the way they go about it. Um, so I just, you know, try to build those values, have those conversations with them. And and then even as they get older, you know, and they're growing stuff, I actually just saw my 16-year-old. We talked about she works at Whataburger. I went and had a burger there. Actually, I had salad there to for dinner. And she's got a boy. And they're pretty serious. And I happened to see her phone. I don't know how I saw her phone. And his name on the phone was My Love. And I was like, all right, here's a conversation. Here's a, here's a opportunity, right? You know, um, I don't go like, what the heck? I just go, you know, just be careful. Just take your time. And she's like, well, you know, you know, you know that we've liked each other for like six months. And uh, that's great. Right. It is. So, I mean, at that age, that is forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's actually a family friend boy that doesn't live in town. Uh, lives out of town. His his mom and my That's ex good. were really good friends. Yeah, but she just spent a week with them uh, in between Christmas and New Year's. So okay, I would not do that. Divorced yeah. dad life. Divorced dad life. His mom yeah. is my ex's best friend. Okay. So then it's like, okay, sure, have him go. And I'm like, what the heck? Actually, like without, some... without mom. No, his parents are there and his siblings. She just went to stay at their house. But without, lived, without your ex-wife? Without either of us. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have done that either. Now, 
His mom, I know her really well. She's an amazing, amazing lady. Uh, her and I had some conversations. Um, pray to God that uh, eyes were kept. Yeah, right. <laughs> I saw uh, a post. I saw a post on Facebook and uh, about them hanging out, and the mom posted some pictures, and I even commented on it. I was like, "Hey, thanks for having her. I appreciate it. I think I might need to chaperone next time so that I can uh, sit in between them frequently." Yeah, she's, right. she, she's like, they were joined at the hip, and I was like, always in front of your eyes, right? She's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's, I, there were some when I was a teenager. Um, but, so I got married really young, too. We were teenagers. Um, and uh, she had a dance teacher we always hung out with. Like, they were always doing, like, I don't know. She just, like, lived at this dance teacher's house. And uh, uh, they're still good. I mean, she's still a good friend of ours today. Uh, but she had like so many rules. Like you were never allowed to share blankets. Yep. So boys and girls were never allowed to share blankets. She, what happens her, underneath she, the blanket? What happens underneath the like, blanket? I know what your hands are doing. I know yeah. I know what your hands are yeah. thinking. No sharing blankets. Yeah. Um, you know, if they would they would go on like tours, like dancing tours and stuff, and they're always boys and girls, and um they would always tape the boys' doors. So like you would put tape on the outside because then they're and all the boys have to go in one room. That way they, you know, mm-hmm. uh yeah. And so that way, you know, if they came out, if the door was opened, you would know yeah. there was no yeah. way to, there's no way to reapply the tape. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think where some other things she did. You know, she was always encouraging, like, don't have boyfriend and girlfriends, don't get attached to teenagers. You don't, you know, if you want to get attached when you graduate high school, fine. You know, then exactly. get serious dates. Exactly. But go, yep. go on more dates. Even if you love that boy a ton, do him a favor. By dating some, go on dates, not like being boyfriend, girlfriend, but go on dates with more people. That way you have the exposure so you don't have regrets, you know, in your early 20s if you guys yeah. do get married. Yeah. Um, so that way you can say, you know, I, I went on dates with 15 different boys and I really did like this one. Not yeah. just, yeah. well, there was only one option. Now I'm 23 and I wish I had dated some more people. Yeah. So, exactly. Uh, exactly. She, she always has some good, good nuggets of wisdom. Yeah, yep. but I remember the blankets one. There's never ever like <laughs> <laughs> or being left in a room like alone together, um, you know anything like that. She was always very forward about you know I, I know what teenagers are thinking about. Even when you tell me you're not thinking about, I know what you're thinking about. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't graduate college, but I went to some community college and uh, I was in a uh, oh a political science class, my favorite class I took. And uh, this really cool teacher, this guy gets up, you know, we're all like 19, 20 years old, and he gets up there first day and says, hey, I know that teenage boys think about sex every 15 seconds. So when I'm sitting up here and talking to you and you're not paying attention, I know what you're thinking about. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you're probably right, dude. Yep. (laughs) Not not far off from the truth. (laughs) So this was my first Christmas divorced. First Christmas as a single dad. Um, you asked me a little bit about holidays and timing and stuff, but um, I actually moved back in my old house for the holidays last year. Um, That's nice. Two reasons. <laughs> First reason was I needed to be a father to be there during that time. Uh, there's there's more stuff there, but I won't go into it. Uh, secondly, was to be there for the holidays. And make sure that my kids had a great holiday, knowing what was coming and everything. So anyway, so I was there. I've been with my kids every single holiday. Um, this year for Christmas, uh, we did Thanksgiving together. Me and my girls went to my fam, my dad's house 
in Arizona, did a nice Thanksgiving together out there. Really cool. Got back from there and I was like, all right, cool. Time to get ready for Christmas. Let's start decorating. And I was like, holy crap, I don't really know what to do. Um, not that I didn't help out, but you know, I was kind of the manual labor, right? Like get the boxes down, set up the tree, hang the lights, you know, tell me what this to is do. At your, this is at the ex-wife's house. Yeah. So this is how I had always been. So now we're coming into first single dad Christmas and getting ready for it, getting stuff setting, set up, getting decorations done. And I felt lost. I totally felt lost. I was like, wow, I don't really know what to do. Um, and I always liked like taking my girls Christmas shopping and just going out and doing Christmas stuff, but I didn't have my girls all the time. I couldn't just do that. It was really tough. It was really, really tough. Those those couple weeks so after Thanksgiving. So uh, this year, because it was our first one, it actually was my Christmas for the divorce decree. Um, I felt it would be best for the kids, though, to wake up Christmas morning in their house, uh, which is the house they live in with their mom. So what we did this year was I had them for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I felt Christmas Eve, had them for almost three days took them back to their mom's house on Christmas Eve. They did that night, Christmas Day at their mom's house. So we did a Christmas at my house for them. Woke up in the morning, opened presents, had like a Christmas morning at my house. And then they uh, they went to their mom's on Christmas Eve night and did Christmas morning there. So, yeah, yeah. so the, the, the one thing that I was going to say is just, you know, as a single dad is just planning, is planning. You're, when you have time with your kids, you know, I – you know, before would just have my kids and go Christmas shopping or go look at Christmas lights or set up stuff around the house for Christmas or whatever. Cause I have them all the time. I was with them all the time. Yeah. So now between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I had very limited time windows to do that. And I didn't realize that I didn't even think about it until it slapped me in the face. And I was like, Holy crap. Like I, this sucks. <laughs> and now what am I going to do about it? So I made the best of it. I actually brought one of my daughters came over um, whatever, a few weeks before Christmas and she loves decorating for Christmas and uh, really cool. Um, I actually went out one morning to go do some stuff and uh, came back and she had everything set up. So uh, oh, nice. that, that was really cool. But, you know, back to, you know, a little thing to talk about, a little piece of advice or whatever, it's just planning and timing and knowing, okay, yeah. this is what I got. I, I got to make the most of it, you know? I mean, you're at best case scenario, your time's cut in half. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you don't want you don't want to be, you know, lazy and you watching TV in one room and they're in another room watching TV. That'd just be really poor use, yep. Yep. use of yep. time. Yeah, and, it, and it's not even half for me. I mean, I would like it to be half. I'd like to do the one week on, one week off. I'd like to get to that point. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're, you're totally right. It's it's go go go. But the, one of the things that I do with my kids when they do come to my, because we live pretty close, is you know I try to make it as normal as possible. So yes, we are going, we are doing things because I like to do that, you know. And let's go have some fun, or you know, let's go to the pool, whatever it might be, go on bike rides, go do a theme park, or whatever it is. But I also try to make it normal, you know. So like, if they have a friend who wants to have them come over to their friend's house, even on a weekend that's my weekend, I'm like, yeah, they do that. I'll take you over there. I'll drive you. I'll pick you up. Um, you know, my daughters, some of my daughters work and have jobs, some babies say, yeah, go do that. You know, like I don't want them to regret coming to my house because it just blows up their normal life. 
I want it to be yeah. as normal-ish as possible. And honestly, one of the things that I get the most enjoyment out of is just like running my girls around, just driving them from here to there. And it kind of gets me a little bit involved in their life, I guess you could say. And I probably enjoy that. A little bit, yeah. And they kind of yeah. need me. And I, they kind of need me and I like to be needed. So I, I was reading a book about, a, um, it was from a woman's perspective, but she was saying that about her dad. She's like, she's... I think they would literally just drive around. I think the dad just liked to drive and she would go with them and they would have these long, but there was never a destination. They would like just drive like random places. I think they were in a rural setting to like all the farms and everything or um, she never knew where they were going or anything like that. But like, it's one of the things she remembered most was we would just talk and talk and talk. And, you know, when she was being honest about it, it was her talking and him just sitting there listening. And, you know, um, I love it. I love it. I, I love road trips. I love just going on drives and checking stuff out. It's so cool that you even pointed that out because, yeah, that's probably a big, big part of it because you get that whether one-on-one time or, you know, me mm-hmm. and my girls, we, we all drove to Arizona for Thanksgiving, 16 hours there oh, nice. in one day, 16 hours all back. All five. We took two cars. I have a okay. I have a truck and then my oldest took her car. So we kind of moved okay. the kids around between cars. Um, I actually want to get a van i want to get a sprinter van soon so that we can all road trip in a van together but whether it's a road trip or just a drive to go see the sunset or go out to a good barbecue spot or whatever like i love just going on drives and, and just talking you know like i actually i like listening more than i like talking and you're totally right driving is the perfect way to do that as a girl dad um you know i love uh, that term lot, favorite i've heard fa- favorite term on earth is girl dad i have no tattoos and i'll probably never get one but if I ever did that, maybe what I would get. Uh, I've heard listening is big, like actually listening. Uh, it's just, I don't, for some reason, that's just what girls want. <laughs> they, I guess that's what wives want too. But um, <laughs> like, it really comes down to like listening. And that means so much to them at a level that dudes just don't understand. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's put, good put your them. phone down, right? Put your phone away. Sit there, listen, yeah. listen intently and really remember mm-hmm. it. Um, I think everyone wants that probably, but um, my ten-year-old daughter well, see, loves the fathers that. and sons aren't like that though. Like we can just go fishing and say very few words, and, just... and like, <laughs> and we feel incredibly bonded. Like, even though, like nothing was said, you're just like the, our presence is enough. That's true. Um, and girls, yeah, there's you know the, the talking is more important. It, it's funny. It's funny you say that about. I've read that in multiple multiple books uh, about from the father daughter perspective of uh, that listening is uh, a key thing. Yeah, from a yeah. daughter's point of view. For sure. Yeah, that's really good. I agree with that. The presence thing is really interesting that you pointed that out. Since being divorced, maybe the thing I enjoy the most in life is just being in the presence of my kids, um, having them at my place. And them just having fun. I try to have fun with them, but they could just be doing whatever. You know, my little one, she just loves playing with stuff. She's so fun. And my 10-year-old does too. Or we just go on bike rides. Like, you know, we don't have to be going to Six Flags or going to Disneyland or whatever. We don't have to be building, you know, the, the biggest Lego house on earth or whatever. Like, I can just be in their presence as happy as a cucumber. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm that way. I'm that way with always some of my like adult friends. Uh, yeah. I got one friend who's a cop. We'll, we'll do ride alongs every once in a while, you know, from like 9 p.m. to like 3 o'clock in the morning. 
No, I will barely say anything. That would be like the best night of my life. For sure, for sure. <laughs> we'll catch some perps, maybe get a st- find a stolen car or something. And <laughs> we'll, we'll stay like 12 words the entire night and just have a blast. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Um, Divorce-wise. So the oldest, how are the oldest taken? Are they, t- are, are the age differences, are they, is a, is a harder on the five-year-old versus that's the 10-year-old versus the 16-year-old? Great question. Great question. Um, so again, it was a slow process, you know, I was still in the house. I'm sure they were yeah. starting to see some separation, you know, not as much connection. Um, I think that helped. I mean, of course, please no one ever get divorced. I'm not advising that, but, sure, but it wasn't a sudden abrupt. Yeah. There was no clean cut like that. Um, so it was like that for a while. So I think that helped there was a point where we did have a pretty big blow up over some things. And that's when I moved out uh, the first time I actually moved out of the house at that time. So we, so a few months back before that I'd been sleeping in the guest room, but all my stuff was still in the master bedroom closet. Um, Not my choice, but my ex's choice, all my stuff got moved into the guest room. And so I think that kind of showed the girls, okay, there's something going on here. Um, a few months later we had something and I moved out of the house. Uh, and that's when we sat him down and said, Hey, you guys, mom and dad aren't doing good. Again, it's about communication, you know, uh, mom and dad aren't doing good. Here's what's going on. Dad's going to move out for a little bit. Um, my oldest was at work at the time. My youngest would have been three, I was 19 and she'd been three and a half. So a bit young to really process it. My now 16-year-old would have been 14 and a half at the time, I think. Um, she's a very quiet, she's a thinker. She doesn't say a lot. She kind of just sat there quietly. My now 14-year-old would have been 12, I think, at the time. Uh, you could tell she was she was a little bit bothered. She wears her emotions on her sleeve more than any of my kids. So you know sure. where she, st- she knows where she stands. My now 10-year-old would have been, I think, eight at the time. Uh, she said the thing that broke my heart the most was, you're not going to move far away, are you? Yeah. That just, that just, that, you know, I, I okay, I, I love that she said that because she wants me around. It, it broke my heart that she had to even think that. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then, you know, I came back into the house a few months after that and then divorce got finalized. And um, and then when I moved out again, you know, right, right after the holidays and, uh, right before the divorce got finalized a year ago. Uh, another thing that broke my heart, I've been traveling a lot for my old job, the motorcycle lawyer company, and I handled the central, central part of the country. So I was always out in the markets and doing things. And I was actually traveling a lot to kind of give me and my some space to try and like, initially it was to try and like help things like, hey, let's give each other some space. So hopefully we'll miss each other and want to come back. Uh, but in the end, no. And so I was just traveling a lot and my oldest, you know, I was talking to her and I was like, hey, how do you feel? I'm going to be moving out. And she's like, well, you're gone so much anyway. It's not going to be that much different. That just broke my heart. That just sucks so bad. And, and I even told her, you know, she was old enough. You know, she was like, I think almost 17 at the time. And I told her, I was like, hey, just so you know, like I was traveling a lot so that your mom and I could try and work on things so that we could try and, you know, give each other space and work on it. So I, I could talk with her about that. So, so since then, um, you know, I think most of the girls are okay with it. My now 14-year-old, the one that wears her emotions on her sleeves, 
she's voiced some concerns to me about some certain things here and there. Um, she's probably the only one that would voice those concerns because that's kind of her personality is to say something. Um, yeah. The the older and she's two also those, talking. She's talking to sisters, and so she can kind of give you an insight to maybe what they're thinking as well. She might be. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So the the other the younger two. I'm concerned about all of them, but the younger two are the ones I'm concerned about the most. Um, my 10-year-old, uh, she struggles to come to my house, um, doesn't want to. I think it's twofold. I'm in a two-bedroom apartment, which is not that big and that fun. It's her house. And and then yep. um, secondly, um, all of her friends and all of her fun stuff are at her mom's house, you know? And she's a very active sure. kid. She's always out and about. When she comes to my house, she always ends up in the trees and down in the creek. Now her five-year-old sister is the one that always gets wet, but the ten-year-old's always with her. And I think the ten-year-old is kind of encouraging some stuff. Um, so that's been tough. We actually had a, a moment a few weeks ago on a Friday night where she was really, really sad and wanted to go home. And I was trying to talk to her and trying to, you know, but I don't want her to. I don't want to force her to stay here. I don't want her to feel like, you know, like yes, it was my time with her, but this is still yeah. fresh and new for her. And she's a kid and. She's going through all this. So I took her back to her mom's that night. And then she came back over the next day and she stayed the next night and, and everything was okay. great, you know? So try, I try to really, again, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it. It sounds like you, you, you have a good gauge for it and feeling it. I, I would think from maybe other dad's perspectives, I wouldn't want it um, to evolve to a point to where we're slowly graduating, gradually losing that time because she is more comfortable at home or maybe it's awkward for, her, you know, whatever the reason is, uh, yeah. You know, the situation is not, a, you know, because some dads don't even have that two-bedroom apartment. You know, they're bunking with somebody else um, or one bedroom or whatever it is. Yeah, sure. Not so great area of town. Yep. Um, yep. I think if I were in that situation, I would still force the visits, even if that makes the child unhappy to an extent, and just make it very clear that, you know, us spending time together, I think, is important. I don't want you to drift away from me. You know, and from that kind of perspective and, and find a way to, I guess, communicate that. Um, and then, you know, I guess try and resolve whatever concern it is. If it's a bad neighborhood, get the hell out of the neighborhood. <laughs> if, you know, the guy you're rooming with creeps her out, then, you know, find another roommate. Um, you know, if it's, you know, there's just nothing to do, then, you know, get out to a playground or whatever it is. But I just wouldn't want it to, I, I could just see a path to where, you know, you know, you go from 10 to 13 and all of a sudden, you know, she just, she's just never coming over anymore because it, you know, just slowly, gradually got there. And, you know, now there's, you know, friends. This is what my sister did. This is I think there were always friends to have sleepovers with. So, um, like finding reasons not to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you you got to be aware of that. And you made a good point there of talking to them and letting them know like, Hey, like our time together is important. And, uh, and yeah. we definitely do still have a lot of fun and do a lot of things. And, and I communicate that with her, but I, I just try to be aware of what she's maybe dealing with at that time. And, um, you know, Sounds like you're, a good gauge. you're good at reading the different personalities of each of your kids and uh, I hope address. So. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's another one of the hard things of being a divorced dad is not being there with them 24 seven. And, and, you know, I'll admit it. Moms are better gauges of that stuff than dads, you know, like, Moms have that maternal instinct that is a God-given thing that makes them moms, you know? Dads have things that make us dads, and now 
I'm not trying to be their mom, but I'm trying to hopefully get a little bit more of that um, understanding. And um, so, yeah, so yeah, I, I try to do that. The, the youngest one is the one that has indirectly said things that I can tell she's struggling with without like saying she's struggling. She frequently says, I want you to move back home. Uh, she said at Christmas, she wanted me to go there to do Christmas with them. So, you know, I appreciate that, that she loves me, that she misses me enough. And then again, it mm -hmm. breaks my heart that this sweet little, you know, child is thinking that and saying that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. At least it's not the other way, you know, we don't need you for Christmas this year. It's fine. I'll just stay at mom's, you know. <laughs> That'd I think be, I'm, I think I'm a pretty fun dad. We we enjoy some. <laughs> we we have we have a good time. So and I'll say it's I um you know I I think it's a really good point that you know your daughter wanted to go back. You took her back, and then she came back the next day. Absolutely. And yeah. there wasn't because that's also good on the mom side of she's not trying to play that up to the daughter of oh yeah yeah it's terrible there you should stay here and yeah. you know keeping her there. Um, so I think that's a good a good sign of things to come. I hope so. I hope so. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so new, new stepdad in the mix on the other side, plus a new sibling, uh, way too soon in my opinion. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, these kids don't need that. These kids have gone through a lot. I, I do think it's, it been somewhat smooth ish for a divorce, but with that said, it still takes time. It still needs this. Uh, there are five kids and, um, yeah, so with that said, he seems like a nice enough guy. He seems like a decent guy. Him and I actually have some, some similar interests in things, which is kind of funny. Um, so I, I hope he's a guy. Do you, do you two get along? Um, we Or have you even say, associated? Yeah, we, we've met. We've, we've talked. We've done all that. Um, we don't talk regularly. No, we don't. Um, I, I would hope, honestly, that down the road we would. I would have no problem with that whatsoever. He's, you know, the stepdad of my kids and he's in the house with my kids. He's with them more than I'm with them. Okay. Think about that. Think about that. Yeah. It sucks. Sucks bad. Now, with that said, what can I do about it? All I can do is make the best of it, right? And one of the things to make the best of it, in my opinion, is have a good relationship with the guy. He seems like a good enough guy. I mean, he moved into the house. He's are, taken are over. Your, are any of your daughters expressed any discomfort with him moving in? I've biggest concern on earth um is that and i don't think so um we've talked about it he seems like a nice guy he seems fun i think they have a good time you know just overall is him around and jovial and stuff like that so um i, I pray to god that they would tell me and i i do try to keep that communication very open and and ask kind of you know lightly how are things going everything okay um and i pray i pray that they would ever tell me if they did have some discomfort but so far not and i oh, hope there is and i and i pray to god there isn't any so oh of course and I, I you know i think you have a it seems like you have a good enough relationship with them that they would come to you with any uh any concerns yeah, yeah. which is always a good thing uh so how, how long until they're due Oh, only like uh, two and a half months. Wait, two months, two and a half months along, or two and a half months from a baby? From do, from do. Okay. Yeah, that's super quick. 
And if we're having a morals and values um, conversation, that was pre-marriage. So I was uh, that was pre-engagement. Oh, super. Um, yeah. Any do you uh, uh, have you broached that subject with daughters of? I would prefer you take a different course. And, I had uh, I I had had that conversation with them before that. You know, back when okay. we were talking about talking about kids dating and what can happen. You know. Teenage pregnancy can happen. That happens right. before marriage. You know, I I would hope that my girls would wait till marriage just to you know uh, have sex the first time. Um, you actually not. say that? Have you have you said that? Oh, 100 percent. Okay, good, good. I'm a huge believer. I was raised Mormon, just so you know. So um, you definitely believe that. Yeah, those those values are there. Uh, <laughs> the dance no, teacher no. I was talking about that, that I was talking about earlier, Mormon. The which one? The dance teacher. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it might have been. I thought it might have been. So, yeah. But hey, I'm I'm far from perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes, um, stuff like that. But yeah, I, I try to just put those values in the girls, and I absolutely will say that. You know, like. Um, what so, are you guys now? What are we? What? Sorry. Are you, are you still LDS? Or are you? Um, I am. Other? Yeah. Yeah. I'm LDS. I'm not the most active member of the church, but when I go to church, that's where I go, and I think there's great family. I love the family values that the church teaches. It's a Christian-based religion. Um, focuses on on Christ and on family and on service, and I think those are all very, very important things. So, yeah, I know you guys have a lot of haters out there, um, but I, I I actually like the church a lot. We're, I'm Catholic. Um, you know, my my thing with church, I just don't believe the third book, but I, I think everything like you guys teach and and value wise and and the way you guys lives is uh, you know for the most part pretty on point. Yeah, yeah, and also. The not drinking coffee thing bugs me because that was my business. But so. <laughs> <laughs> we sold a lot of coffee. Uh, uh, number one drug in the world, caffeine, right? Yep. <laughs> Took uh, the counseling. I wanted to get back to that because uh, I keep refreshing my head. So you guys went to counseling? Oh, yeah. A lot. Uh, a lot. Okay. Uh, together or separately or both? Together, mainly, and then separately. Yeah. Okay. Were yeah. there any... Um, were there any marked improvements in any anything that they were suggesting or communication breakthroughs that was like trending things in the right direction or um, you know was it a terrible counselor or just it's just one phenomenal, party just phenomenal counselor I still talk to him um, okay. great counselor I would definitely say there were a lot of good positives that came out of it um, she was just done she was just done yeah I actually heard this from a family counselor a long time ago that uh, they didn't like doing couples counseling because nine times out of 10, one person was going to counseling just to get validation to get divorced. So uh, I, I believe that was, you know, in my situation. Um, but no, the counselor was good. Uh, you know, we just, we said a lot of life changing stuff happening to us. Um, but no, I, I think the counselor was good. And, and she didn't even probably say the counselor was good. Uh, good for her. Good for me. Made a lot of improvements. There. Obviously, the marriage didn't work out, unfortunately, but a lot of good stuff there. So, so yeah. Were, were there any techniques that they had, um, homework assignments, things like that, that they had gotten you guys to do that that helped, I guess, traject the relationship in a better direction? Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'm trying to think of some specifics. Um, a donut... And, you know, the donut's a circle and all the good stuff is on the outside of the circle, but in the middle, there's nothing. 
Do you want to focus on the bad, on what's in the middle where there's nothing? Or do you want to focus on the, the good part of the donut that's around it? Uh, it, it was really to try to help us in our marriage to focus on the good, focus on the positives. Uh, we also had a thing that we did, now that I'm remembering, was um, write down like three things every day that we're thankful for. Um, I believe that we actually shared those with each other as well, too, along along the line somewhere that I thought was pretty positive. Um, again, it was just a lot about trying to be thankful and focus on the positives is what it was. Um, as far as, you know, th things that we needed to work on, heck, I had a lot I needed to work on. I still have a lot I needed to work on. Um, well, that's every human. It is. It absolutely is. Um, I'm trying to think of what some of those would be. I don't know if I can remember any of those. I mean, there there was a lot of that early on in going to counseling. It was a lot of it was directed at me because she was the one that wasn't happy with everything, you know. So like, what can Mark do to be better? Um, Usually, what counselors are good at is rephrasing that, like from the person, you know, that's mad and frustrated, being able to kind of reposition the conversation to where it's not all. Hey, it's all Mark's fault. If he just changed everything about himself, this would be perfect to where, you know, why you think it's Mark's fault. You know, what is Mark really doing? You know, what's his perception on it that, uh, uh, you know, I guess getting into the whys of everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that the counselor said at the very, very end that will always stick with me was whatever happens with you guys these things that you struggle with kind of with how you struggle with the other person and how you deal with that. You're going to need to work on that, whether you're married to this person or not. Cause it's if you're not the one. on the dock. So always stuck. I, with I would think when you get into the mindset of you want, you want the divorce, then, you know, everything you're thinking about greener on the, you know, the, the fantasy of this new life you're going to create is always greener. Um, you know, the new guy, the new girl is going to be better, going to be, you know, better listener, cleaner, better looking, um, you know, kinder, whatever it is. Uh, that's usually you not. Know, do you know what one of the biggest things was that I think came out of it? And, and I'll tell you, it came out of it for me and I'm so much better for it. Um, and I think it came out of it for her too. And I, and I remember some conversations and things that she was really trying to do was you got to be happy with yourself. You got to be happy with yourself. You got to take care of yourself. You got to do things for yourself. Doesn't mean you need to be selfish. Doesn't need, mean I need to go ride a motorcycle 10 hours a day and disappear from the family. But I need to do things to take care of myself. And it's spiritually, it's mentally, it's physically. And I'm so, so you Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, and I know she was working on that too. She absolutely was. Um, and then there's the whole codependent thing, right? You get that a lot in marriage where, someone or both just become codependent on each other and their happiness depends on the other person's happiness. And then it just ends up in a vicious back and forth cycle. Um, there, there was a fair amount of talk, talk about that. You know, I'll, I'll definitely admit that I was, I like making people happy. Maybe I'm too much of a people pleaser or whatever. Um, I had to learn. I will say this. I had, and I don't think I was too bad, but to do something Make someone happy with zero expectations of anything in return. Yeah. So um, I it easier said than done. 
but that's uh, one of the big, big things. Dude, as crazy as this is, and I would never wish it on anyone to go through a divorce, to go through the stuff. I went through a stroke. Uh, my mom died seven and a half years ago. Uh, I've had some other challenges in life. Divorce. Like, I'm so much better for it. Like, it, it's it's not the way you'd want to have to be better for it. It's not the way you'd want to have sure. to grow and improve. But, um, like, in my next relationship, like, and I'm probably a better father, too, as much as I hate to say that, really. Um, better father when I get to, you know, I wish sure. I could be there more. I wish I could do more. But I just, you know, try to make hay while the sun shines. So. It seems like you really had to step back and assess everything. For sure. For sure. Like everything. Oh, for sure. Still am, day, day in and day out. Planning for Christmas this year. I do assess that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, which is, I guess, yeah, that's a good. Thing. I can see where that makes you more hyper focused on it, and you know, whatever you focus on is going to improve. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, I got like fourteen percent battery left, so if you've got any, <laughs> I'm good. And anything, then throw it in now or forever hold your peace. I'm good, man. I don't know how you're going to edit this all together. We kind of went every which way. It'll take me a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'll figure it out. Cool. All right, it was good talking to you. All right, you too, man. Have a good night. Yeah, see ya. See ya.